Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I've got a question for you. What? What the hell is Homo sapiens extra? <laughs> Well, viewers, Homo sapiens extra is mm. like the bit in the middle of, it's like a sandwich of fabulous Ooh, uh, filling between the bits of bread that are interviews with fascinating uh, people through a queer prism. So the middle filling is this today, and it's like people writing us letters, people reviewing us on podca- on uh, whatever, Apple Podcasts, us, you know, doing agony uncle questions, mm. us talking about wormholes of the week we've done on the internet. Me playing Russian, uh, no, not Russian roulette. Me playing uh, anecdote roulette. That was That's my grandfather. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, my grandfather actually did kill himself playing Russian roulette. Thanks. Mental health <laughs> issues on both sides of my family. And so basically, that's it. It's just a sort of a cornucopia of chat, catch up, and um, all things Homo sapiens. That's a one stop shop I want to be part of, if you ask me. Now, you said prism a second ago. Prism. Miss Prism. A handbag. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to ask you about prison because we are both currently in prison, no? Are you in quarantine too? Oh, because yeah. you went to Spain. I went Gosh. to bloody Spain. <clears throat> I went. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in quarantine in um, Canadia, the United, the uh, Empire of Canadia in mm-hmm. um, British Columbia, like an hour or so outside of Vancouver in a little lake town. Which is a weird thing to do is to isolate, uh, to quarantine in a lake town where there's a beautiful lake at the <laughs> end of the street and you're not allowed to go and see it. <laughs> and, and it was so funny when I arrived, it was all smoky, you know, because of the fires in Oregon and, uh, and uh, California. Mm. And it was, but it's rained over the weekend. <clears throat> Good old British Columbia rain. And uh, now the skies are clear. So when I take Lala out for our little circuit round the house, I'm not allowed to leave the property. There's a little lane at the back I can go into. When I go out the back, I can see these hills and trees and, and it's on next uh, Monday night when I'm finished, a week today, I'm going to go down to that lake. Nice. Look at it. Maybe jump in it. And what a treat it will be. So you're there doing a film, right? So are you yeah. all quarantining in the same building? No, because I, cause I, cause hotel, I'm going to stay in a hotel after this, but I ah. just thought I can't quarantine in a hotel with Lala. Oh, crumb, so I no. came to this, uh, I rented this house. My friend Paul got it for me. And uh, is that, so that's why, yeah, no, other people are. I think everyone's arriving at different times because we all have different schedules with the recording. The mu- it's a musical uh, TV series for Apple. 
So we have to, we have, I'm, I think I'm one of the earlier ones, actually. Because oh. I spoke to Kristen Chenoweth. She's coming. She came yesterday. And uh, so, yeah. So I, I decided I didn't want to, because they would have like, you know, I wouldn't have had outdoor space and, and uh, would, people would come and take Lala out for a walk. And I didn't want that. So anyway, we've got this, yeah, got this little place. I'm on my own. And uh, mm. you know, it's quite nice to have some time on your own, actually. And, yeah. and I've got, I'm, you know, I'm busy. I've got loads to do. And I'm, I'm you know, it's nice to read. That's nice. nice. I'm, not re- I'm not reading more than I normally do. What are you doing? I am writing. So the quarantine is made for people who write because mm. you're not allowed to leave the house. Yes. Uh, so I've that's done a spot. That's going medium well. Um, but I know I'm going to go mad because I don't like being told I can't do something. But Do you do this thing um, where at the end of it, when you finish it, like the other night I did some writing, and every time I finish writing, unless it's an embarrassing amount, I uh, do word count. Yes. On my thing to count how many <laughs> words I've done. So see how. <laughs> and, and when it's, no matter what the number is, and like if, if I've done like, you know, two sentences and I've not done anything, I've just looked at porn or played solitaire or do you know what i mean yeah i don't count it but uh if i've done some i always uh, do the word count thing and i always go oh <laughs> to myself <laughs> and i get really like i'm like this just yeah it's just person i am just bash out a few thousand words because you know it's a job but you know i, I take it seriously <laughs> and and then like other days when you don't do anything you're like why on earth did i, I do choose this as a job um speaking of words alan do you know words, words, words? Our yes. beautiful listeners have been in touch because they've been writing to us about the interview with Murray Hill. Ah, did they like it? They loved it. Oh, good. Um, so, shall I read you one of them? Please one of our go emails? ahead. That's what we're here for. Now, Brea has been in touch. Her pronouns are she, her. It's called an appreciation note for the both of you. Alan, you will like this. Dear Alan and Chris, I've been sitting on writing this email for a while now, but it's been pounding on my heart so strongly that I feel I can't wait any longer. I started listening to your podcast last month and it has truly made such a positive impact on me. As a very young queer person, I find myself questioning things a lot. As great as the internet has been for learning about LGBT history and exposure to helpful resources, it's also exposed me to a rather hateful and judgmental environment where I feel my self-expression is limited. Well, Brea, if it oh. is Brea, look no further than Homo sapiens for a warm hug. Yes. I have spent a long time trying to label myself for the benefit of others and it frightened me that nothing ever fit me correctly. To me, I was always just myself and that's all I wanted to be known as to other people too. But I still felt like I was doing something wrong. When I found your podcast, it was like receiving the warmest hug. There you go. The way the both of you are so genuinely yourself, guilty, Your Honour, and encourage others to be the same. Maybe it's a bit cheesy, but it has made me feel more comfortable in my identity than anything else. I don't know any gay adults in my personal life, and I often find myself wishing I did. This is this shit is so hard to navigate on your own. Hearing the different perspectives, stories, and advice you and your guests share makes me feel entirely less alone. You're both incredible role models to me and I hope you know how important the work you do is for all the queer youth out there who feel lost or confused. Thank you for putting yourself out there for others who don't know how yet. With love from Brea. Oh, that's lovely, Brea. Thank you so much. That's really lovely. wonderful. Makes it all worthwhile. Here's the next letter from Mayo Row. Gosh, that sounds like a dish you'd get in a... In a fish restaurant. Mm. Anyway, um, 
You were speaking to Armistead Maupin about how we all dressed in the 70s in San Francisco and if it were a hyper-masculine response by the gay male community. That may have been a small part of it and the 501 blue jeans were fucking unbelievably sexy with that almost always partially unbuttoned fly. But it was really about being poor. It was the age of the Army-Navy store. Those stores were everywhere and they sold 501 jeans, flannel shirts and Timberland and Red Wing work boots. All of these clothes lasted for years and years and only looked better and better the longer they were worn. We owned them, bought them because they lasted. The rest of the fashion world, as it always does, followed later and made in a nationwide fad. But that was later. I don't quite understand that. Made and followed later and made in a nation. However, we weren't being hyper-masculine because we were masculine and we didn't spend a great deal of time thinking about it. All the parsing of very single action came later. We were just young, hot, queer men with an entire city just for us. Those were wonderful times. I was a dishwasher at the Castro Cafe my first winter there and the next winter the cage boy at the Polk Street Baths. Sweet memories indeed from Mayo. Oh, Mayo, oh. you have to have to send us a photo of those oh, times, please. Both the dishwashing and the cage, please. Yeah, prioritise cage boy for me, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really intrigued. I, I think I think that's interesting. And um, uh, But, uh, you know, that button thing, I've, I've always wondered about that. That's sort of always the top. The button, button undone. undone. What the hell? I know, it's weird. I mean, I like it. It's fine as a thing. But it's just funny how these things happen and they just stay, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's such a lovely little piece of history, that email. I love it. Yeah. And it's so nice. Um, so, yeah, please send us in the photo and uh, photos, plural. Um, I love an Army-Navy store, don't you? Do you remember Lawrence Corner in Camden? Uh, where was that? They, it was like uh, sort of near Camden Tube, but north. And it had, they sold old army coats. This is Camden in London. Uh, and old army coats for like 25 quid. It was amazing. It's where my mum always got our Christmas presents from. When oh, we were wow, that's cool, mum. Dear Chris and Alan, this is from Kate. Kate has been in touch. Dear Chris and Alan, I always enjoy the podcast and I learn a lot from it. Your recent Agony Uncle item on dead naming was a powerful lesson. However, I think you focused on one particular use of dead name when it's done in a passive aggressive way or just plain aggressively. That, I agree, is not right. But I wonder if you've considered a couple of other aspects of the situation. When you're a parent, your child's name is more than just a label for social usage. It's a package of memories, sounds, smells, behaviours, textures, the whole thing. And that package... And that package of sensory stimuli and emotional triggers has been in your life for many years. It's a long time to be emotionally bonded to that person. No matter how intent you are on getting it right and not being offensive, you are sometimes going to forget the new, the new name and use the old name, then be mortified and upset. It's hard for a parent to fail their child. And to be found out and failing will produce all sorts of emotional fallout. Um... One, and then two, once the old name is gone, the parent is going to need all the emotional support possible to talk to the wider family and the family friends and the folk who knew the old name and need to be made aware of the new name. Even in the, if the transition child is there help, helping and fully involved, it's incredibly hard to do. The parent has to announce the death of the old person before they can joyfully announce the arrival of the new person. And that is potentially really traumatic. And the mother will have to do most of this work because that's what mothers do. I don't have direct experience of this. Oh. But, 
but I do have the experience. Sounded in, like she did. Yeah, yeah. Didn't it? Oh gosh. It really does. Um, but I do have the experience of navigating my own parents into understanding my daughter's queerness. And I never want to do that again. It's not just the parent relationship that is stress tested by the fact of a transitioned person. It's all the relationships, a vast network of jangling nerves and unexpected happy discoveries. It's not easy. It needs to work from both sides to be sure that the old name goes and the new name becomes the real name. Well, that's fascinating. Gosh, that's so interesting. I thought for sure that she was uh, the mother of a trans child. But I, I, I would like to say that I absolutely agree that it must be very difficult. And, and you very eloquently put there that uh, it's, a, it's <clears> a time of change for everyone when there is a, a transition or a coming out in a family. Absolutely. I think what we, I want to make clear that what we were talking about in last week's um, uh, Homo Sapiens was about when it's used as, uh, and in the letter that it was uh, mentioned in, it was used as on purpose to be something that denigrated and demeaned and insulted the mm. person. So of course, yes, it's a difficult thing and people do it accidentally. You know, I do it sometimes. I, I, I mm. use the long pronoun and get the, you know, we all do. And I think that's the thing we've, we've got to be very uh, understanding of that. It, it's, it's difficult when things are ingrained, but I think the point we were making is that when people use it to, um, undermine the new person the person's new identity then that is a really heinous act yeah and i think that what um thanks for writing in and it's you know it's good to be talking about it on the show yes, and don't you think that she if she if she doesn't have direct uh, knowledge of it she must she must know someone who does because that's really very well, uh, detailed and i think, think it's this is what sort of comes up for me when I read things like this. It's like, and sometimes like we're getting cross with a hypothetical, I find, with these things. Yeah. And we can't, you know, we just go, if you hear something like that, I think at this point, we just stop and we listen and we learn. We don't point out what's wrong with the request because it's a hypothetical. What okay. do you think, Helen? I agree. I think I absolutely agree. And I think that's, I think... In a way, this lady is showing an example of that because what we were yes. talking about was when people use it as a to be to be uh, mean and to be horrible and to demean someone's uh, mm. transition, and she's interpreted it as um, that. You know, oh, but don't don't give me a, uh, don't get me into trouble if I get it accidentally wrong. So yeah, mm. lots to learn. Okay, everybody. Now it's time for Agony Uncle. Agony Uncle. Um, we have a very interesting question here from a female 70-year-old, 17-year-old bisexual student in the U of the K. Hi there, Chris and Ellen. I have been struggling from a restrictive eating disorder for about a year, meaning I don't have my period, thus very little sexual drive. However, I like this person and I've told them about why a relationship wouldn't be a good idea for me right now. And especially not fair on them as I find sexual things really hard and I feel too self-conscious, so I tense up. They have been really understanding, but I fear they might be waiting for me and I'm not sure how else to explain how my eating disorder affects me. Sorry the agony is a bit vague, but what would you do in my situation? All the best and stay safe in this uncertain time. Gosh. Ooh. Well... You know, wow. uh, listen, you really like this person and if yeah. they are worth liking, you um, you absolutely must be open with them, be vulnerable with them and tell them what you're feeling. And if they're cool, they are going to just be great back. I absolutely agree. I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think 
um, you've been open with them to a certain point, it seems, but I think just go the whole hog mm. because, you know, may, maybe they can help you in, 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 you know, talking about your eating disorders only going to be good for you with someone who you like and understand and are intimate with. So I, and I, I think, yeah, if, if they've, uh, if they're worth, if they want to wait, then, you know, they're, maybe they're worth, uh, being, um, open with. And you sound amazing, by the way. So you absolutely deserve um, to be treated with love and respect. Absolutely. And, you know, you're you're 17 and these things are huge right now and they will always be huge. But, they, you know, as I said before in this podcast, the thing about getting older, the great thing is that you see patterns. I have had periods where I've, you know, issues with sexuality and sex with another person and you don't want to, you know, whatever. And uh, or mm. just just things that you, you know, you are inhibiting you being as open and free as you'd like. And I've always found that it's better to be honest and open. And, you know, and people tell you if, if this person goes, oh, all right, I'm out. Then, you know, that's good, too. They've let you know and you can stop worrying about the situation. But, yeah, oh, just just kind of like be, be, be know that things are it gets better and it gets more uh, easy to understand these things. Yeah, and you do have a whole. I've had whole patches where I've completely gone off sex, and people don't talk about that actually. But you do. You're just not into yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes. And yeah. Um, Alan's like, there was a Wednesday once. No, it happens. Yes, it happens. Yeah, when my dad was dying, I completely just went off sex. I was yeah. like, didn't even cross my mind. I was just, you know, and I didn't even notice it. I was suddenly like, oh. But uh, I found yeah. the uh, I found the the beginning of the lockdown of, of the of the COVID actually a very mm. unsexy time for a well, while. When mm. I eventually this year got round to reading the book "The Body Keeps the Score," which I've been recommending to most of our guests on this podcast, having never read it, um, <laughs> I read all about how it's to do with I think your vagus nerve. It's like your stress is related to your vagus nerve, which completely knocks out your sexual function because it's not required for base level survival. So that would make sense. Hmm. Um, can we have a couple of gongs? Bong, bong. Here is the Homo sapiens news live from British Columbia and Bryce <laughs> Norton. Uh, so some very lovely, uh, uplifting positive news this week is that um you know all these uh, pride celebrations that are such a big part of the calendar for queer people around the world and especially in places where that have more kind of um uh difficult and um oppressive regimes mm-hmm. which is happening more and more around the world right now uh, mm-hmm. uh they've all been cancelled of course because of the the virus but what is so great is that guernsey one of the that's one of the channel islands isn't it Guernsey Absolutely is. Yeah, I've yeah. been there. Yeah. Oh, have you? I've never been. I've loved, I'd love to go. Great Guernsey uh, held its first, the, the first in-person Pride event since the coronavirus uh, started. Uh, they did that on the 12th of September. And so Channel Islands Pride was able to go ahead because Guernsey had only one case of coronavirus in the last 135 days and has lifted nearly all of the coronavirus restrictions <clears throat> in June. Gosh. That's a bit scary. But anyway, so visitors from the mainland UK had to isolate for seven days on arrival. So that's good. 
There were no masks, no social distancing, and you were allowed to hug people, just like the old days. So that's... Um, Those were the days. That's, I mean, that's, that must have been great. It must have been really great. I mean, I sort, of wor- I sort of worry about people who don't get to hug, don't you? Although that I, does scare me that they're going to, like, they're just throwing the baby out with the bathwater and they're not doing any... We any, must have uh, listeners in Guernsey. I'm sure we do. I've looked on the map. Please let us know. Were you there? Please. Um, yes, that'd be fascinating, though. It seems like in light of all the uh, kind of re-locking down news we've been hearing about, that this is sort of a, a little oasis, and I mm. hope but um, nobody took the virus but to do Guernsey. You, do know, you, it seems a little early for me. I'm a bit scared of that. I'm happy for them, but I'm a bit scared. Happy, but cautious. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But do you think that these kind of physical gatherings for Pride, as opposed to it being online, is more important for the LGBTQ plus community for oh, some reason? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think part of, I mean, it's like the theatre, going to the theatre, going to, even going to the cinema. Going to, these things are all about community, about coming together. You don't, yeah. it's harder to enjoy them in an isolated way because the part of the, re, part of the joy of them is the fact that you are all there with, especially when a pride situation with other people like you or who get yeah. you. And, your tribe. And even, yeah, your tribe. And even in the theater, it's like that. It's like, oh, you're there with other people who are all kind of seeking something. I've, I've come out to seek something from art and that sense of community is really important. And I guess with film, you know, we more over the years, more and more, we're much more used now to, uh, our home cinemas and doing watching things from home. So we do it in a more isolated way or with a smaller tribe, our family. But yeah, it's very, very important. Mm. But um, as, of course, at the same time, it's also very important to to be safe. I mean, I'm just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I'm very happy for them, but I'm also anxious. Well, also some, in some more, more staggering news this week, TikTok have admitted to restricting some LGBT hashtags on their platform. Well, I mean, duh. You go ahead. I've got things to say. TikTok has acknowledged that it restricts LGBT-related hashtags in some countries as part of its localised approach to moderation. A report by the Australian Strategy Policy Institute said many LGBT hashtags were shadow banned in Bosnia, Jordan and Russia. So a shadow ban limits the discovery of content without indicating that a particular hashtag is on a ban list. TikTok said that some hashtags were restricted to comply with local laws. According to the report, terms that were not linking to content included gay in Russian and Arabic... I am a lesbian and I am gay in Russian, transgender in Arabic. I know you're going to have a strong opinion on this, Alan, but how <laughs> how do you think these corporations should be behaving? I, well, I don't know. I'm just like so bored and pissed off with TikTok. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I know it's great. People have fun on it and I've seen some lovely things, but oh my God, it's just causing so much 
torpor in the world. I mean, it's basically causing this huge trade war between the United States of America and China. You know, t- Trump is banning TikTok, like banning it in America. Like, from it's it's like to, I think yesterday or Sunday was the last day you could download TikTok in America. After that, you can't download it anymore, and it's not going to be available after just I think just before the election, which I think is a really mm. stupid slash brilliant move by Trump because brilliant for people who don't want him to be in power anymore because he's just you know made a mm. whole swathe of the population super pissed off. Not but, to mention, I, mean, I put my back out trying to do one of those dances you get on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, it's but, like these corporations they need to be representing and reaching out to the LGBT community, not not censoring based on local laws, in my right. humble opinion. And also, it's a, it's a it's an organisation that has its headquarters in China, which is not a great country for LGBT rights and equality, right? Or no. for just human rights. Mm. So it just, all these things don't surprise me. I think it's, it's kind of got this lovely, fluffy, hilarious, funny dances, puppies, you know, mm. kind of demeanour. But behind it is a really kind of dark... Uh, sort of root and a dark sort of network mm. and so none of these things surprise me and I just think you but I, I agree I think I heard this really interesting um, podcast the other day about how political parties should be treated like companies and corporations and so if you take that the other way around that means also that then corporations are just like political parties and mm. what they have to do is they have to have an identity and they have to have a, a footprint that they are that they honor and they make transparent to their customers. Mm. And so the fact that TikTok is hiding the fact, I mean, if they were just saying we don't, we're banning LGBT uh, hashtags, I think good on you, fair enough. You know, call a spade a spade. We'll see. But it's the fact that they don't tell you these things mm. and they don't have a transparent corporate identity and they don't actually say we are for these things. They just let, they, what they do is mm. they suck their pers- the personality of their customers to make them look good and that they're what what they present to the world is all due to the content that their customers have made and they don't have they don't have a strong enough and a in my opinion a decent enough um model code there i've said it and it all comes down to money i'm gesturing a money symbol at alan listeners just so you know well let me should we take your mind off things with a wormhole week wormhole of the week Oh my god! All right, so my entire week's been a wormhole, Chris. I mean, I've been in <laughs> quarantine. I've just been like, I try not. I'm trying to limit my um, time on the screen. You know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to limit my uh, my uh, social, whatever, my computer and uh, phone time. And it's been quite good. I've been reading and doing and writing and doing things. But of course, when you're writing, you're on your computer. You're one flick away from a page with a blah blah on it. But mm. I've just been. I've found out so many fascinating. I mean, like my biggest wormhole. I mean, I mean, I'm, I just can't go into all, but but just like for example, last night I've, I've looked up eco-friendly because I've I've realised I've got an episode off of this show. I thought, oh, I'll go on a little holiday I, to some Ooh, beautiful nice. place in British Columbia, and so I thought I'd love to go to these eco things, uh, eco hotels, and so there's these things that are sort of they look like a kind of a like a sphere hanging from a tree. Do you know the things I mean? Yes, it's a, imagine a, it's like a tent, but it's a sphere. Yeah, and inside it's cool. like a proper. Oh my god, I'm just so obsessed with them. But then the thing was, and I thought, oh, that'd be great. Lala and I could go for a little, you know, eco time. And there was 
And I got two of them mixed up. One had, the, the, had this really nice kitchen with all these delicious food things. I like, oh, great. But that was not the, e- the ecosphere <laughs> things. And that was the, the Hilton. You got, <laughs> yeah, you got these little wooden steps and you're basically suspended in the air in the trees. How magical is that? I oh. mean, you know, I have a tree house, but, but my tree house is not suspended. I mean, it's, 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 it's one step further, this thing. So I was really <laughs> loving it. And then they said, and we have a, and we have a compost toilet. I'm like, I'm all for compost toilets. My friend Andrew in Barcelona, or not in Barcelona, but in his house in the country, he's got a compost toilet and said they're marvellous. And um, so I'm all like, Ridley's pro. Then, but then, oh, there's Ridley. <laughs> Can you hear um, then, But then, then they said, oh, yes, this compost toilet is available in the communal toilets, which is 50 yards away. I was like, oh, no, we're not. I'm not going. I'm not going now. So that was no, that was that. I'm going to another no, eco-friendly resort that has nearer toilets. I mean, you know, well, just I think if you're going to have an eco-friendly thing, have have a compost toilet near you. I think you so. Um, what about you? Well, uh, yours involved poo being splattered everywhere. Mine involved blood <laughs> being splattered everywhere. Oh my god! <laughs> what the hell? So I started on the movie Casino. Oh yes, and, and ended on. A real deep dive on gay gangsters because oh. uh, I was casino is wa- all about gangsters. Yeah, so I was watching Casino, and you know, it's very. I was just watching it, just thinking how straight it is, and how it's just of an era of movies where like women were beautiful, and everyone just conformed to so many gender stereotypes etc and I was watching yeah. it and thinking that and then I the camera moved in a certain way and it looked like two men were kissing and I was like oh hang on a sec Chris what's going on here anyway I had that wrong but that I was like oh uh, you know I started thinking about like gay gangster movies so I had a little google of that yeah and then I found this brilliant article called why Britain loves a gay gangster written by a guy called Richard Smith hmm. it's an old article it's from like 2007 and, and he sort of goes through the history of queerness in gangsters you know from obviously um the craze one of the craze i can't remember i never remember which one um ronnie ronnie cray was gay and um yeah it sort of lists all these brilliant gay villains and how it's such a trope actually um it's really really fascinating including this guy called dominic noonan have you ever heard of him no he was like a real tough gangster um, who uh, they made a documentary about. A guy called Donald McIntyre made a documentary about. And, and he um, was a gay gangster? Yeah. So um, then I was in a whole wormhole about gay gangsters. But look it up, people. It's called Why Britain Loves a Gay Gangster. It's a great article. I mean, I think it's it's interesting. It's like it's like, it's like like um, in, in, in stories like that, you know, films and certain things, the, the, the villains are often gay. Or, mm. or kind of disfigured yes. in some way. That's another thing, like Captain Hook or they've all, yeah. you know, James Bond villains have always got a scar or there's something. And it's just this kind of like, so that what they're equating is disability and queerness is... is uh, Broken. It's is broken in some way. Mm. And, is, and is also, therefore, that's what they're, they're, they've got this. It's a, it's a shortcut to the sort of the trope that, you know, the reason you're gay is because you're, or you're because you're gay. You're all angry and evil and like a, a terrible, awful person. And mm. those things are, um, and they've become so entrenched in our sort of narratives of how we tell these sort of, uh, you know, adult fairy tales. It's a little sad that that's happened. It's true. It'd be nice to try that. and, yeah, it'd be nice to try and do something that. Yeah. And I was so really aware of it. Every time I see some actor, you know, in some big film with a big sort of 
you know, they, oh, he's been in makeup for hours having that gammy eye put in. And, uh, you know, what are you doing? Why Why is it? So, and, and of course, he's always the baddie. Yeah. There's never yeah, just someone like with a, a scar who's just like, oh, I've got a scar. Yeah, it's very true. Can you hear that? Oh. Blimey. Is that a plane, plane flying off? over low? Um, oh my God. Would you do me the honour of mm-hmm. choosing review of the week? Here we go. Um, so this is what we do. Uh, you review us. Uh, you can go to you know Apple Podcasts where you mm-hmm. can download us or subscribe, whatever you call it. You can uh, do a little review there. And if you do, whether it's good or bad, we are uh, a very open to criticism little place here. You can win a Homo Sapiens T-shirt. Size extra, extra large, of course. But... Uh, <laughs> Size large is all we have in stock at the moment. <laughs> it was just large. Anyway, here's a review from Luna Moonscape. I've been won over by the anecdotes and wit and charm of one Mr. Alan Cumming and the strength of character and direction of Master Chris. Oh my God, like you, I love you're the butch. Uh, I'm just like, I'm like, I'm like the frothy <laughs> bottom in this combo. <laughs> Alan, there is a first time for everything. (laughs) I look forward to both your chats with varied interesting celebs and that your wise words, giving those seeking enlightenment and the storytelling you both care to share with us all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's so lovely, Luna Moonscape. Thank you very much. And Master Chris, over to you for the next one. Daddy, sir. Um, Kingpin, I've never been called that. Uh, Kingpin 8, I'm so thirsty for knowledge. I have been at home with my four babies for the last two years. I came up for air and realised my sphere of experience had got very small. Homo sapiens has helped me navigate my world, navigate my way into what the world has been doing while I wasn't paying attention. I love the frank conversations. It gives me an insight into the lives of people who don't, who I don't meet in my day to day life. But I feel like it's given me the tools and language to speak openly about race, sexuality and all the colours of the LGBT q plus community to my children i want them to grow up with wide open minds thank you lovely boys oh, oh that's, that's lovely. really lovely thanks so much that's great that's exactly why we're doing this podcast isn't it it really is and, and the lavish amounts of money um <laughs> from 92,000. i've been listening to homo sapiens since the beginning Mm. I have a real soft spot for the show as it helped to start me down the road to accepting that I identify as non-binary. There really is something for everyone, whether you belong to the LGBTQ plus community or not. I'm loving the new Alan and Chris combo. It's intimate and lighthearted while touching on hugely important topics. It's like pulling on a big woolly jumper and makes me feel great to listen to it. Can't wait for more. And Daddy Chris, sir, I am your piggy slave. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. <laughs> Sorry, that was, I, did, I just put that into kind of on the... Um, Dom theme that that other person mentioned. That's very nice, 92,000. Thank you so much. Um, so who do you think should get the T-shirt from those lovely three? I tell you what, each what? one has such a, it's wonderful own merits. But I would vote for 92,000 because we helped them identify as non-binary. And that's that's very good. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's good. Please write in to hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Tell me your address, 92,000, and I will be sending you a T-shirt. Woo-hoo! Woo! Now it's time for Anecdote Roulette. Mmm, what, Alan Cumming, do yes. you have an anecdote for Courtney Love? I do actually have an anecdote wow. for Courtney Love. <laughs> so... I've met Courtney a few times 
over the years. I think we have the same, I think she's at the same management company as me. She is, in fact, yes. And uh, But anyway, the first time I met her um, was, oh, a long time ago. It was at Carrie Fisher's birthday party in in, in uh, L.A. About, Amazing. this must have been about, two, it was about 20 years ago. I was making a film there, around about that. And Carrie invited me to that. And that's the party that I arrived early, like, early at. And I was so early that I was the first person there. <laughs> and the next person to arrive was Elizabeth Taylor. So I sat with Elizabeth Whoa. Taylor. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, Carrie said, you know. And I, I actually got nervous. I was sitting beside her and we were both making an awkward chat. And I went into, into the next room to the bar because I was sort of nervous and weird. And, and Carrie came in. She was sort of doing last minute things. And she came in and went, what are you doing? Why, what are you doing? Why are you not chatting? I was, I was like, oh, I just felt she went, she said, do you know how many homosexuals would be like to be in your position? Get back into that room and flank <laughs> that legend. That's what she said to me. <laughs> flank that legend. So I, I went back it. in and did it. Anyway, then we got on a house on fire and I wrote the story. It was available in one of my books. I can't remember. It was called uh, <laughs> You've Got to Get Bigger Dreams. Currently available. Anyway, uh, the point is that at that party, it was a very star-studded party. One of those crazy, just crazy nights. And... Uh, Courtney Love used to be Carrie's neighbour and, uh, you know, down the street. And so she was there. And so, and anyway, the thing was that I I uh, hadn't, hadn't met her before, but I went, I was walking and sort of out of one room into a corridor and into another room, you know, the sort of bit where there wasn't mm. lots of people. And she was coming out like that. And so we were alone in this little sort of oh. bubble almost. And I just, I just... She, I, I, she came around the corner and I saw her and I could see her like really checking me out. Like her eyes went up and down my body and looked at me like that. And she just, and, and as, as I walked up towards her, she just went, you're sexy like that. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I was just like, thanks very much. <laughs> I was a bit scared. I was a bit scared. I love that. Course. Yeah. And it was sort of this, it was actually really fun because it was a party with loads of people, but in that moment we were just alone. And she just, I loved it. I, what I really liked, I mean, it was kind of a bit, uh, you know, daunting, mm. but because uh, she's kind of, she's not scary, but she's just certainly a formidable woman. I've met her and you know chatted to her more often over the years, but uh, a lot and of she was, yeah, a lot of a, a, a strong lot of, energy coming off it. A strong energy, and I was just kind of like, ah, ha, ha. and then all of a sudden, I was in this bubble of someone just complete and and kind of like you know, weighing me up in a very animal sexual way and just telling me, and I actually yeah. really admire that. Yeah, I was like, thanks very much, and then skipped off <laughs> to, to, to to get a drink, a stiff one, that's, as it were. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's my incredible. That's my Courtney Love anecdotes roulette. It's a goodie, which leaves us, Alan, just to say goodbye to our wonderful listeners and say, for goodness sake, please keep writing to us on at hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Keep yes. reviewing us on Apple Podcasts if you want to win a T-shirt or if you want to buy a T-shirt, go to everpress.com forward slash homosapiens. I won't blah, blah. hear a word about it. Or alagummy.com slash shop. Um, and also, you can stay in touch with us um, via Instagram mm -hmm. at Homo Sapiens. So um, it's been lovely. Uh, I'm very excited to announce that uh, next week's guest, drum roll please, will be <clears throat> Sue Perkins, oh. the national British treasure that is Sue Perkins. And uh, uh, she, it was a really lovely chat. We talked to her in London 
earlier this year before the lockdown. And uh, for those of you, if you don't know who Sue Perkins is, those of you in the rest of the world, uh, she is an absolute darling. You know, aside from her great fame and uh, hilarity and uh, all the work she's done, just listening to her talk and to telling her story and her openness was really, yeah. really inspiring. Her candor about all the hard stuff she went through when she broke up from her relationship and stuff was just... Yes. I, and people who can, like, crystallise that in... in and share it is yeah. brave and no really really important. great mm. and also she she uh she what's the word when you, she absolves me from uh from a crime that i did on her television show like 25 years oh, ago. oh yes that's <laughs> hysterical yeah so tune in for that ladies and gentlemen and uh we'll see you then lots of love thanks for Take listening care. everybody bye, bye. Powered by Spirit Studios.